everyone, and welcome to another episode of Active Quest. This is our special E3 episode for Bethesda. Um, I am actually alone by myself this time. Uh, Chris Penwell is uh, busy today, or at least at this part of the day. And uh, Joseph Yaden is covering E3 for PlayStation Lifestyle. Um, but we wanted to make sure that you still got that coverage for E3. And uh, we can't skip out Bethesda. I mean, they're a pretty big deal. Um, especially with the amount of uh, IPs they command and the amount of worlds that are at their disposal. So, um, it was a pretty good show. Uh, I just finished watching it and uh, taking my notes. And um, I, I, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Um, I think they had a really good uh, flow. So let's just get right into it. It starts off with um, Pete Hines coming out on stage. He uh, just stresses the diversity of all the experiences that uh, they have in the Bethesda catalog. And uh, he also expresses gratitude uh, towards the fans, uh, which was nice. And uh, then Todd Howard came out and, oh man, this was great. He uh, <laughs> he uh, touched on, uh, he humorously touched on uh, how Fallout 76 uh, may have kind of tested uh, the fans. But he did quickly jump into how uh, 60 million plus players have been enjoying all of Bethesda's games in the last year. Um, not just 76, but, you know, all their games. And uh, he's, that's the most I've ever had uh, in a year. So um, that was a good way to handle it, I think, because Fallout 76 has, a, has had a very, very rocky launch. Um, but people have stuck with them on that. So that's, um, that is, that is it, it's, it's, it stresses the relationship. It just kind of shows the relationship between Bethesda uh, and its fans. So uh, th after that, Todd Howard jumped right into uh, Fallout 76. He talked about how uh, they've received a lot of criticism and how it's, you know, it's fair. Um, but they also discussed how it's been helpful um, receiving that feedback and how the goodwill of the community um, has helped shape the game um, and um, help, help, help the developer improve um improve the game, the development team, improve the game. So, um, uh, I, it's tough, okay, because I remember seeing articles where it was revealed that Bethesda knew the game had some issues. I think they should have delayed it. But at the same time, it is nice they're improving it. It is nice that they're working on it. And it is nice they're doing these free content updates. Um, so, I think this, if they keep it up, this game could absolutely have the same kind of redemption arc as uh, the first uh, entry in uh, the Division series uh, from Ubisoft, or like No Man's Sky, you know? Um, games may sometimes release unfinished, but the nice thing is at least these games uh, do end up being great sometimes, eventually. Um, I, I do wish that these kind of situations would uh, result in a delay, but... Hey, at least they're improving the game. He also talks about the goodwill of the community uh, and how the uh, community itself is just a, a really good environment. And um, I, I, I see some of that on Reddit and online. I see a lot of good experiences. I've seen some bad experiences too, but overall I think that what Todd Howard was saying uh, does seem to be in line with what uh, I've mostly seen, which is there are a lot of good experiences uh, between the, uh, the community and there's less griefing than uh, you could expect in a kind of game that doesn't have a lot of implementation to prevent it, for example. So um, he, he uh, made a little joke about how, you know, that gives him uh, hope for when the uh, actual apocalypse happens. 
someday in real life. So that was neat. Um, and then they just he discusses uh, the Elder Scrolls Blades, and he discusses how uh, this is Bethesda's second number one mobile game. And after that, Craig Lafferty and Matt Carfano uh, come out and discuss the importance and staying power of the dungeon crawler genre. Uh, they talk about new content, including solo arena battles, uh, custom jewelry system, new jobs, and a brand new dungeon quest line. And uh, that content all released that night. Uh, this is being recorded the 10th of June, but that was all released uh, that night of the conference, so June 9th. Um, he also announced that Blades is uh, coming to Nintendo Switch uh, with a release date for fall 2019. And he also talked. they also talked about how you don't need to wait to jump into it because... Uh, cross-play and cross-progression uh, does exist between the mobile versions on Google uh, and uh, Android and uh, Apple uh, iOS systems uh, and the Switch version. So that's pretty cool. You know, you jump in right now, check it out, and um, you can also just pick it up and keep playing on the Switch, and the Switch version will also be free. He also They also talked about how it's a good time to jump in because they're going to have some exclusive re uh, rewards uh, that night for the Apple and Google versions of the game. Uh, again, that was last night, June 9th. I'm sure they're still available, though. Yeah, so that's 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 that that's that sounds cool. Um, uh, I'm definitely down with mobile uh, spinoffs as long as they don't replace uh, the franchise that we love so much. And this is a great example of kind of bridging uh, the gap between those two kinds of games. I think, um, especially the being on Switch. So I might have to check that out uh, sometime soon. Uh, when I'm not drowning in uh, console games. <laughs> I, I'll probably end up checking out Nintendo Switch, uh, honestly. And I could see uh, Joseph and Chris checking it out on Switch as well uh, this fall when it releases. Uh, so after that, uh, co-studio director Tom Mustaine and project leader Jeff Gardner um, for uh, Fall 76 come out. And they discuss uh, new content in the way after, of course, stressing the uh, feedback they received and how nice that's been. They announced uh, Wastelanders, which is a new uh, content update that adds NPCs, new weapon, gear, and quests. And uh, man, I've never heard bigger applause for NPCs. People were going fucking wild. But um, the footage they showed did kind of make it look like uh, this kind of adds a traditional Fallout um, style to the game. Uh, I don't think it's going to feel completely like Fallout 4, but, you know, it adds that flavor, which is uh, nice. That kind of helps flush the world out a little bit more. They also talk about how they're doing a free trial uh, week, and that's from today when this is being recorded, June 10th to June 17th, and that's on all platforms. And they also have a 52-player Battle Royale mode called Nuclear Winter that starts uh, today, June 10th as well. Um, they call it a sneak peek, which leads me to believe this might just be around this week while, you know, it's kind of a test. Um, and maybe the battle rail mode will like fully launch later. So mixed emotions on that. I should first start by saying I love battle rail. Um, I uh, enjoy uh, PUBG a lot. Fortnite um, is appealing in its own way. It's not it's it's, it's not my preferred uh, way to play battle rail, but I definitely see the appeal. Um, I I lean towards PUBG. And then a uh, blackout on uh, Black Ops Four. I play from time to time, and I enjoy that. I have not played Firestorm on Battlefield 5, but I have watched Shroud play it on Twitch, and it looks it looks cool. So anyway, I'm just saying um, I, I'm interested in Battle Royale, um, the, the concept of it. The execution is what would determine whether or not I would want to get invested in it. Uh, I'm at least going to check it out. I mean, you know, why not? It's free this week to check out the Fallout 76 uh, game itself and this mode. I will say that I think the Battle Royale mode 
in Fallout, you know, definitely could be really appealing, and it, it looks like it could be interesting. But one part of me is also like, uh, maybe let's focus on, you know, fleshing this game out more and, and uh, you know, kind of quote-unquote fixing it, you know? I mean, I say in quotes because they are working on it already, but it's not fixed all the way yet. But at the same time, they're not putting it that all on hold to do this. Bethesda's a big company, and they can do a lot of uh, things at once. They can multitask. They have, they have huge teams. So I'm sure this isn't really impacting the road to uh, repair with this game. So um, I'm, I'm going to check that out. I'll, I'll hopefully have more to report uh, our, our next main episode. So after that, Todd Howard came back out on stage. He stressed they are still working on Starfield and The Elder Scrolls Six. Uh, he discussed that the game worlds are special to Bethesda and, it, you know, all the, the many developers under its umbrella. And he also said that they understand that these worlds are special to the fans as well and how they want to make sure they get these worlds right. I think the main point of him coming back out and talking about that was just in case anyone was upset about, you know, Blades, and, you know, mobile games and Battle Royale mode, you know, etc. So they are still working on those traditional experiences that we... Uh, have known and loved from Bethesda for a long time. So um, I don't expect to see Starfield or Elder Scrolls Six for a while. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if those don't even come out until 2021. So next up was uh, Shinji Mikami came out from Tango Gameworks. He's the uh, the head of the studio, of course. For anyone unfamiliar with Tango Gameworks, they gave us the Evil Within. And uh, if my memory is correct, Shinji Mikami is also the... Uh, kind of main creator of Resident Evil. He's not involved with the series anymore, but you know he, his his roots are definitely deeply uh, in survival horror. So they announced he announced a new game. It's called Ghostwire Tokyo. Uh, we don't know a lot about it. We just know uh, you battle paranormal enemies and you're gonna stop a, a supernatural evil. The creative director uh, Akumi Nakamura uh, entered the stage as well, and she came out and. Uh, Talked about how it's going to be a spooky game, it's going to be scary, but it is not a survival horror like the other games are known for. Uh, we know it takes place in Tokyo. We got a trailer that looked like it was a CGI trailer, and it looked like it was an engine. Uh, I could be mistaken. I mean, who knows when this is releasing, but it definitely didn't look like in-game footage. But it kind of gave us a concept of the game a little bit. Not a lot of detail, but uh, we see people disappear uh, out of thin air. Their clothes are just on the floor. We see uh, presumably some enemies holding umbrellas approach uh, what appear to be the protagonist. Uh, the enemies were creepy, and uh, I mean, it, lo it looks great. No release date was given. Don't have a lot of details, but you know what? What I did see, I'm confident it's going to be good, especially knowing um, what they've delivered in the past. It's not like this is their first game in this from this studio, and of course, these people have also worked on games in the past as well. Um, I'm definitely excited. Um, I know Joseph will be excited too. He also. Uh, likes horror games a lot, just like I do. I'm interested to hear Chris's thoughts when we get to talk about this, because I, I think he likes horror to an extent, just not quite as much as Joseph and I. So then they played a video. Um, it just showed uh, people from all different backgrounds that play, enjoy, and love Bethesda games. Uh, it was nice. It was a touching video, and it also reflected the staying power of the many different IPs in the Bethesda family. I mean, you had, you had uh, one woman was uh, cosplaying, um, as the protagonist in um, Prey, uh, Morgan, and there were just there was just people from all kinds of different backgrounds, programmers, developers, um, just all kinds of different people that were just and it's it's nice not only to be reminded of that, but it's also nice to see that Bethesda recognizes that because um, representation um, is very important, and it's nice that they 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 realize that and they see that so. Um, so after that, Matt, uh, fight, 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 
don't know how to say his name. F I R O R Fior Fior. I'm terrible with names. Matt Matt Fire. I'm just gonna say Fire. Uh, he came out on stage and discussed uh, the Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, he talked about um, how important the fan base is to the studio. He also discussed uh, that they've had uh, millions of new players join last year, and they've added new servers to support the, the, all those new players. Uh, there's a new uh, dungeon adventure kind of expansion coming out called Scalebreaker. Uh, people went fucking nuts. Uh, not, not much is known about it, doesn't look like, but... Uh, it's good that they're supporting the game. It's good that they're in, t- in touch with their fans. That was nice. Um, so, <laughs> oh, kind of a weird announcement. Um, I'm trying to reserve judgment, but, uh, man, it was kind of uh, kind of weird. I would put this on the same level as Command & Conquer on mobile from EA uh, last year. Commander Keen is coming to mobile devices in a free-to-play style format. Uh, the creative director, I didn't see a spelling. There wasn't a pop-up for her name. So I might have spelled her name wrong in the doc, but Kira Schlitt was her name. Um, she's the creative director for the studio, or for that game. They show a trailer, it's animated, not gameplay, and it's got kind of a wacky Saturday morning cartoon style. It could be good. I don't think it's fair to say it's going to be bad. I mean, we don't, we don't know. And I'm not going to pretend to really know a lot about Commander Keen. All I know is it's one of ID's earliest IPs uh, from years ago, like, you know, 20... 30 years ago, um, and I know it's kind of a 2D side-scroller game. That's all I really know about it. I haven't personally played the games, but it certainly seems strange to revive it in this format. I don't know. Uh, I, I do want to kind of mention, though, it's Bethesda. I mean, they've done two mobile games so far, uh, Fallout Shelter, uh, which a lot of people really loved and enjoyed, and they've also done Elder Scrolls Blades, which people are enjoying that as well, and I'm looking forward to playing it in Switch, so... I think I think we should reserve judgment for now, but I also, in myself, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. So yeah, maybe it'll release on Nintendo Switch as well, like Blades and Fallout Shelter. They did not say that though. It, right now we just have Summer 19 release date for Apple and Android. I mean, hey, it's free. Why not check it out? Again, I'm cautiously optimistic. We'll see though. Um, it it could be good. Definitely a strange announcement though. Not only just from Commander Keen being revived after decades of it not being uh, used, but it's also just kind of a, a weird way to bring it back, I think. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, as Pete Hines comes back out and discusses their successes and the mobile games uh, they've done so far, uh, Fallout Shelters reached 150 million plus downloads. I think this is just to kind of instill confidence, like, you know, hey, give us a chance at Commander Keen. We know what we're doing. So uh, you also talked about Elder Scrolls Legends, uh, which is kind of the Hearthstone style uh, Elder Scrolls game. Uh, it has a new expansion coming out called Moons of El Else. I think it's just El- Elsewhere. I know it's not spelled like Elsewhere, but I think that's how it's pronounced, Elsewhere. And that releases June 27th, 2019. Um, I haven't played Elder Scrolls Legends. Um, it-, it looks interesting. Um, I-, I-, I mean, I only have so many, like-, like you, I only have so much time to spend on games and... Uh, you know, some stuff I don't get to check out just because I only have so much time. And, uh, you know, uh, the card game kind of format is appealing to an extent for me. But, you know, um, it's not quite appealing enough to pull me away from, like, you know, RPGs and first-person shooters and platformers and whatnot. But, I mean, it looks cool. I'll probably have to check it out sometime um, on mobile. It'd be cool if they brought that to Switch, too. Hopefully they do. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Rage 2. Uh, Pete Hines discussed uh, the road ahead for that game. He discusses the community challenges they've done and all the new content in the way. 
They had a cute little uh, sitcom theme song kind of uh, style trailer uh, play that uh, highlighted a new expansion that's coming out called Rise of the Ghosts. Um, they showed, you know, new weapons and, 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 and cheat codes. And uh, so uh, it certainly looks interesting if, if you're uh, already invested in Rage. I don't know if it'll be enough to pull people in that aren't already invested. In the past, we uh, on the show we've discussed, uh, Joseph reviewed it for uh, PlayStation Lifestyle. Uh, he liked the shooting mechanics. He did not enjoy the open world aspects. Chris uh, got it from the library recently and checked it out, and he uh, kind of agreed with Joseph. Um, for me, for me, it's uh, it's kind of on the back burner. I'm probably going to pick it up at Black Friday. I'm hoping to grab it for like 30 40 bucks, and I don't think I'll be playing it around Black Friday just because, I mean, man, I'm already backlogged, and we've got a shitload of stuff coming out at the end of this year. But uh, that's, that's that's for me, that's what I'm waiting for is I'm backlogged to clear up. Um, it looks interesting enough to check out, but... Uh, speaking of my backlog, holy shit, we got two Wolfenstein games in the way. We already knew about these, but, uh, executive producer from Machine Head Games came out. I'm, I'm probably gonna get the pronunciation wrong. I think he was pronounced Garrick Gustafsson. He came out on stage and, uh, showed off some footage of, uh, Wolfenstein stuff on the way. We've got Cyber Pilot, which is releasing a uh, PSVR, and that comes out in July. And then, of course, Wolfenstein, uh, Youngblood also comes out in July. So that's freaking great we've got two um i mean we already knew those were coming out i don't know if we knew cyber pilot was coming out in july i think we just knew 2019 i, I don't know i think we knew it was coming out in july i don't remember i'm sorry um but yeah i know young blood we already knew about it. i've got that pre-ordered uh, i'm buying both those games i i fucking love wolfenstein um both games look great i'm looking forward to uh the co-op on um uh young blood and uh cyber pilot uh it's got a cool premise for the for it being in psvr um, you're kind of controlling mechs and, uh, and, and killing Nazis that way. And, uh, uh, Yarek, uh, Gustafsson, uh, talked about killing Nazis a lot, which is great because, you know, fuck Nazis. Okay. So, uh, D Dinga Bakaba and Sebastian Mitten from Arcane Studios came out next. And they are the game director and art director, respectively, of Arcane Studios. So, uh, Arcane developed, uh, Dishonored. And they also developed um, uh, Prey, and they uh, they uh, announced their next game with a CGI trailer. It's called Death Loop. They said it's got a mind-bending story. Um, it looks like it's built around time manipulation. It kind of reminded me of uh, kind of the stylish nature uh, Remedy games, kind of like Quantum Break um, and uh, Max Payne. I know that's not really like time control, but you know that kind of stylish uh, action. So uh, it looks cool. We don't know a lot about it, but what they did show was promising and enticing. I'm looking forward to that. Um, no release date was given, just kind of like, hey, this is happening. Um, and again, no uh, no gameplay footage. Uh, we kind of saw gameplay represented in CGI and, you know, but yeah, no, no actual in-game uh, gameplay. Uh, so they had a little video play, uh, again, from Bethesda fans. It was the same kind of fans that were talking before. And they just talked about uh, how representation and emotional response are great in Bethesda games. And a representation is great, and I'm seeing a lot of that in Bethesda games. And, uh, yeah, emotional response to Bethesda games. I mean, from Doom to Dishonored to, to Elder Scrolls to Fallout. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's a accurate description of Bethesda. They do have a good... Uh, Handling of emotional response. Um, uh, had to get a drink of uh, my uh, La Croix. Uh, Joseph, if you're listening, it's berry flavored. 
still my favorite flavor. Anyway, uh, Robert Duffy, the chief technology officer at id Software, and James Altman, the director of publishing at Bethesda, uh, they came out and discussed uh, pretty much just uh, game technology. and they, It's called Orion. At least that's the name they've got so far. I'm not sure if it's a code name or the final name, uh, but it's software developed by id. And it lets uh, games stream with like lower latency, and it's supposed to optimize uh, streaming and make it work a lot better. Uh, not a lot of details were given, but I will say id Software has been creating incredible technology since day one. I mean, they were almost, not quite, kind of known as for their technology more than their gameplay, or their, their games, excuse me. And I say almost because like they're known for Doom. They're known for incredible games. But I'm just saying their game, their their technology is is so known in the industry and so uh, uh, well designed and uh, crafted so so well um, that I mean they're almost known for that more than their games. And I say almost because again their games are fucking like known around the world and people that don't even play games know about Doom and Wolfenstein and whatnot. But I'm just saying that yeah their technology has always been right up there, just kind of like Epic with their Unreal Engine. Um, so yeah, this is already exciting. Just knowing, hey, it's working on new technology. That alone's exciting um, because that helps drive the industry um, towards the future. It is definitely at the forefront of technology. So not a lot given, but cool information nonetheless. So uh, at the next thing that we were given was uh, Doom Eternal. Uh, I got a trailer. Um, I mean, it's Doom. Looks fucking incredible. Uh, I'm excited. Um, one thing that stuck out to me. Uh, there were, looks like there were a lot of new animations and the lighting was incredible. And, and I just want to touch on the lighting for a second by stressing that the lighting in Doom 2016 was great, but um, it looked even more vibrant um, in Doom Eternal. Uh, heaven, Hell, um, and traveling across different dimensions were, were, were touched on. Um, just another, another, another reminder about how great id Software is at making... Uh, technology and games just woven into one beautiful package. So yeah, Doom Eternal looks great. Uh, definitely a day one buy for me. Um, I know Joseph will be getting it day one, I'm sure, as well. He's a big fan of Doom. Um, we'll have to check in with Chris and see what he thinks. But um, yeah, I know Joseph and I will at least be getting it day one. Uh, so after that, there was a lot of applause because, I mean, it's fucking Doom, right? I mean, and the footage looked great. If you haven't seen the trailer... Uh, Go 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 check it out. It looks it looks fantastic. Um, next, the creative director of Doom Eternal, Hugo Martin, and the executive producer of Doom Eternal, Marty Stratton, uh, they came out and discussed Doom Eternal a little bit, and uh, they talked about how powerful and awesome the Doom Slayer is. Uh, of course, gameplay was shown. Um, we saw a lot of uh, first person platforming, and it looked really really. Uh, it, the first person platforming is good in Doom twenty sixteen. Um, I don't really have any complaints about it in Doom 2016, uh, but I mean, it looks even better here. It looks even tighter. Uh, it looks even more responsive. Um, and I like first-person platforming when it's done well. And it was done well before, and it looks like it's done even better now. So that was exciting. They showed off the Collector's Edition. Um, well, kind of. They showed that there is a Collector's Edition, and they showed it comes with a Doom Slayer helmet that you can wear. So, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's pretty great. Um... And uh, they showed off the multiplayer experience for uh, Doom Eternal briefly with a little trailer. It's called Battle Mode. Uh, Two-player controlled demons uh, take on the Doom Slayer. 
uh, it reminded me of Juggernaut back uh, on Halo 2, which uh, was really fun. It was two-on-one combat as well. But yeah, this looks great. It looks really fun. Uh, the trailer looked awesome. Um, I think it's a good way to combine um, the environments and, uh, and combat and gameplay and Doom uh, with uh, other players. Um, team Deathmatch is definitely something I want to see in Doom Eternal as well. But this is an exciting... Um, I don't want to say wholly original because, I mean, this kind of concept's been done before in a game. But this is their first take on it in uh, Doom, uh, to my knowledge. I don't remember anything like this existing in Doom 2016. Uh, but yeah, it looks great. I'm excited for that. Um, so yeah, lots of great announcements. I saw a little bit of negativity online for Bethesda's conference, and that kind of made me uh, almost dread watching it. But I mean, it was really exciting for me. The pacing was great. They... They bounced around from updates to new stuff to updates to, hey, we're still working on those games we announced, uh, and here's a trailer for stuff coming out soon. Uh, pacing was great, and um, they celebrated uh, past Bethesda successes and uh, Bethesda's fans while also looking towards the future. So, yeah, I thought it was a great show. Um, it, was, it was really exciting. Um, it's nice to see... Um, just a reminder at uh, the catalog um, that's on the way and already exists from Bethesda because they own a lot of great studios under that umbrella and uh, you can get a lot of great narrative experiences from Bethesda. I think people are really quick to credit Sony, um, just, just, I mean, deservingly so, uh, with uh, incredible single-player experiences. But, I mean, hey, Bethesda's right up there with them. Um you know, delivering some great single-player experiences as well. Um, and it's something you can always count on, um, are great single-player experiences from Bethesda. So uh, thank you, everyone, for stopping by. Uh, don't forget to check us out on any place you listen to podcasts. If you came across this on YouTube or maybe a podcast platform that you don't typically use, uh, we're on everything from Apple to Google to uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, um, and if we're not on a platform that you'd like us to be on, let us know on Twitter uh, because uh, we can make sure to get on that platform. We want to make sure that you're that we want to make sure that we are where you like to listen to us. So um, yeah, uh, we are on Twitter at ActiveQuestShow. We are also on Instagram and Facebook, and um, we really appreciate all your continued support. And uh, please don't forget to check out our Xbox episode, which uh, already was published uh, yesterday. And uh, we will also be doing a Ubisoft and Square Enix episode. Uh, those two episodes will be separate as well. That way people that want to check out one or the other can check the, those out or check them both out. But that way that footage is all in one spot or that coverage is all in one spot. And then uh, we will also, of course, be doing an episode for uh, Nintendo's upcoming Nintendo Direct uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, June 11th. So thank you again for stopping by and uh, we'll see you soon. All right. Bye.